Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Continuum, a podcast that gets into the nitty-gritty in the world of money. I'm David Rath, Chief Investment Officer at Continuum Wealth Advisors, here to remind you that when it comes to your money, very few issues are black and white. Most things exist on a continuum. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, On the Continuum. My name is J.T. Cox, Senior Vice President, Director of Advanced Planning with Continuum Wealth Advisors, here with my co-host, David Rath. In this week's episode, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to do something a little different. Rather than covering a specific financial planning topic, this is going to be the first in our Getting to Know the Team series. Uh, In this series, what I'm going to do is interview different members of the team here at Continuum Wealth Advisors, so you get to know the people uh, who we are uh, as people, and you get to know the people behind the charts. So in this inaugural uh, inaugural episode, I'm going to be interviewing David Rath. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, JT. I'm excited here for folks to get to know you and uh, hopefully get to learn a little bit about you and kind of the person behind the spreadsheets here as you are. So David, to start with, um, what is your title here at Continuum Wealth Advisors? My title is Chief Investment Officer. Those who have listened to our podcast in the past probably know that already. And I'm also a partner in the firm. That was as of April of this year. So excited about where the direction of the firm and my place in the firm is headed. Awesome. And so as the chief investment officer, can you just give folks a high-level overview of what your role is here, what you do on a day-to-day basis? My primary job is to analyze the market look at investment opportunities, scroll through thousands of charts, determining where money might be positioned in a in a beneficial spot for our clients and overseeing the actual implementation of that money in the portfolios. It's a it's a time-consuming task, but it's something that I love doing. Yeah. And I know in previous episodes we've gotten into how you do it, what your process is, things like that. Um so we won't get into that in this episode, but what I'm interested in, David, for our listeners is why do you do it? Because as you mentioned, the chief investment officer, that's not a role for the faint of heart. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is not an easy job. Um, it's it's a pretty significant responsibility. So what what drives you to to take on this challenge? What drives you to this role? It is a big responsibility and one that I don't take lightly. I think that every day I try to improve. I try to learn more about how we can possibly add value, especially through the investment process. Why I do it, I I love the market. I love everything that goes into it, the behavioral aspect of people buying and selling and how that relates to the prices that we see in our screens. Um, It's more than a day job for me. If First thing in the morning or late at night, I'm checking updates on the market. I'm learning. I'm adding letters to the end of my name. There's never a day that I don't think about what's going on in financial markets. And the why that I do it, honestly, is because people need somebody to look out for their money. And I am happy to step in and fill that void. Yeah. And as someone who's received text messages from David at 7 a.m., uh, on Saturdays, on Sunday nights, or any other time, I can attest that this is not a nine to five job for David. Um, and nor should it be, honestly, right? It's a pretty major responsibility. Um, so it's it's good that we've got you on the team here. So, so that gives us some nice background about your current role. Um, 
is financial planning, financial investing, is that something that you always wanted to do growing up? How, how did you get into the field? Well, my father is a banker, and I always told myself that I was never going to follow in his footsteps. Well, it's not exactly the same thing, but it still has to deal with money. So I guess kind of an offshoot. Yep. Um, I was interested in the markets after, this is somewhat embarrassing to say, but watching some movies where they talk mm-hmm. about the stock market in the late 90s, and yep. it was intriguing for me. So I majored in financial economics at undergrad. And from there, I did a brief stint in retail banking and then started down the path of wealth management, financial planning, investment management, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And did you always see yourself geared towards the investment management side of things? Because in financial planning, there's many different aspects right, in, in this industry. Did you always kind of gear towards that? Or is that something that you discovered along the way that you had a passion for? Discovered along the way, mm-hmm. because in the world of wealth management, there's two main directions that you can take. And one is the financial planning route, which you've done. The other is the investment management, which is where where I fit in. So both are equally important. And I've just tended more towards the investment side of the ledger. Yep. And you mentioned different letters and stuff like that. You mentioned undergrad. So where, where did you go to school, undergrad? Binghamton University. And some of the letters that you have after your name, you mind just kind of going through the list there? Because I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't forget anything or <laughs> say it wrong. And it, I actually think it, it is important to talk about sometimes the alphabet soup that comes after our names because people on the outside aren't really familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And so I have two, uh, I'm a charter holder for two different organizations. One is the CFA, which is a chartered financial analyst. And the most recent one is a CMT, which is a chartered market technician. And without getting too far into the weeds, they they allow me to do my job both from a more fundamental standpoint and more of a technical standpoint. Fundamental analysis is more an analysis of balance sheets, income statements, portfolio management, portfolio structure, whereas technical analysis is looking at charts, reading the market, uh, determining where the market might be headed and things along those lines. Yeah. And for folks who are outside the industry, I, I think it's kind of important to bring up here. Uh, I can't speak to the CMT as much, but I know the CFA is known as being one of the most difficult um, charter, uh, I guess, difficult tests to pass, different difficult designations to earn. Would you say that's accurate? It was brutal. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do it if I was married with kids. Luckily, I yeah. accomplished it while I was still single because yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of man hours a lot of prep. It's it's a slog to get through. And the CMT is no cakewalk either. Mm-hmm. So luckily, I was able to knock those out of the way. And uh, I'm very proud of those two plaques hanging on my wall. Yeah, as you should be, which is awesome. And so you mentioned uh, family. So I think we can pivot now. So that gives us a good understanding of, you know, professional career, where, where you've come and, you know, the, why you why you've kind of gone this route. Um, so so let's pivot and let's get to know you on a personal level a little bit. So you, you mentioned uh, you're married currently, correct? Married, two kids, five and three, okay. both boys. Yep. Which is a lot of fun. I've got three boys, so I know how much fun that is. Uh, so, and your wife's name, just for folks who don't know? My wife's name is Monique. Yep. And how did you guys meet? We met the old fashioned way in a bar. Uh, the, the longer story though, is that she is from Brazil and she was an au pair 
which is a nanny for those who are unfamiliar, an au pair living in the country with a family. We ended up meeting out one night and had a long distance relationship, both while we were dating, while she was in the country. And then when she moved back home and we were able to get her back to the country via the 90 day fiance visa. So if you've ever watched that show on TLC, that was us, but without any of the drama. <laughs> nice to know it was drama free. I'm sure there was some stress involved or. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. There's uh the, the government has a, a lot of red tape that you need to cut through in order to get any one of those visas. Okay. So now she's back and does Monique work outside the home? She does. She's a, a prime vendor analyst for a medical supply company. Basically, she's a liaison between the sales rep for her company and purchasing departments for hospitals in the area. Okay, good. And you mentioned two boys. Um, what are their names? Daniel and Michael. Daniel's my oldest and Michael's my youngest. Yeah. And so what grade is uh, Daniel going into? He'll be in kindergarten this year. So the, from a financial standpoint, it's nice to get that daycare expense off my books, but at yeah. the same time, feels like he's growing up too fast. Yeah. I remember uh, when my kids went to went to kindergarten, it was the biggest raise I ever got. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not inexpensive to have that. And is he excited about it? Is he nervous? Is he ready for it? He seems to be taking it in stride. The yep. The excitement level comes and goes, but yeah. I think he's definitely going to make some new friends and he's going to benefit from the new, the new environment. Cool. And uh, with the two boys, uh, any particular things that they're into sports shows, anything like that? Do, do they have any hobbies? <laughs> well, what the, the oldest one, he's very creative minded. So he's always drawing or building stuff with his imagination. He's incredibly imaginative. Yeah. My younger one is He's he's hard to define because he's <laughs> probably a little bit more athletic than than my older, but he's also obsessed with TVs and electronics, which I have no idea where that comes from. But it's it's unhealthy obsession. <laughs> and he's pretty independent too. I've seen some of the videos where he just if he wants water, he figures out a way to go get water. So he's a good problem solver. It's yeah, it's it's pretty uncanny to see how he can get what he wants. <laughs> Very cool. And just to round out the rest of the house, I think there's another family member living there. Is that correct? I have a four-legged family member, a <laughs> French bulldog named Gaston. That's right. Okay. And uh, how old is Gaston? He's seven. Got it. And so, uh, and with his family, whereabouts do you live? We live in Burnt Hills, New York, for those out of the area, and somewhat rural, 20 minutes southwest of Saratoga. Yeah. Anything that you drove you to that area in particular? We like the house. At first, it was hard getting used to living in the in the country, so to speak, because there's yeah. not really much close to you. Yeah. But we really like the serenity it offers. And we don't have to worry about our kids getting run over by a car, speeding through the neighborhood. We live in a very quiet neighborhood. so Yeah. Because prior to that, where had you been? We were in Clifton Park before that. Yeah, it's a little more crowded, a little more. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a lot more going on there. Very good. So that gives us an idea of the household. And um, so now let's talk a little bit about you, specific passions that you have outside of what you do. Obviously, a lot of your time is spent uh, looking at charts, studying, you know, reading the markets, things like that. But uh, if you're not looking at charts, if you're not uh, reading, you know, different uh, Bloomberg articles and things like that, where would people find you? What would you be doing? 
Well, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that I'm sporting a black eye. Uh, that was from a recent sparring session in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's my passion. It's been that way since 2006, basically. I've been training pretty much full-time since then. COVID and kids got in the way recently, but it is something that I dedicate a, a good chunk of my life to. I teach every now and then. I have a private studio set up in my house. So it's something that I am equally obsessed with, I would say, that I, the, the stock market. Yeah. And so is that before you met Monique? That's before I met Monique. Yep. Okay. So she didn't bring the, because she's from Brazil. So it just worked out that way. It gave us something to talk about on, on the first night though. <laughs> nice. And so, and you actually turned your basement into a gym, correct? Yeah. So I have a, about a 13 by 13 foot area where I hold private sessions, both private training sessions and instructional sessions. Yeah. And do you think the kids will get into that at all at any point or just kind of see what happens? I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu, financial markets, and, and there's probably some carryover there, right? As far as discipline, you know, I know you're a big believer in um what was Marcus Aurelius? Uh you talked about stoicism. Stoicism, right? Kind of stay the course, you know, ignore the outside noise. So I think that there's probably some some parallels between those two things, do you think? There is. And one of the main takeaways, both from how I approach looking at the markets and, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a martial art that thrives in chaos, where if, if you're ever in an altercation, you need to know how to handle yourself in something that's not normal, right? You're not, you're not going to get into a, a, a stand-up boxing match. You're probably going to end up on the ground rolling around with somebody. You need to know how to handle yourself. And financial markets are the same way. Things get thrown at you that you have to adapt to, like 2020 or 2008, something along those lines, and you need to adapt your style to to fit that. And so, I think there's a lot of a lot of carryover between the two. Yeah, and is that a more proactive uh, discipline? Would you say, or more of a reactive discipline when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? It's a self it's self defense in nature, but okay. there's. I would say if if I'm starting from square one with somebody, you always want to walk away from a situation or an altercation because that's the easiest way to end a fight is to not get in one. Yep. But it is, so it is reactive in that nature. If somebody's approaching you, you take care of business, but at the same time, you're not out there roaming the streets looking for fights. Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> Despite the black eye that you're sporting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was an accident. Yes, that's what you said. Is that person invited back to your gym? That's the big question. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a pass. <laughs> Good. And so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the markets, what other passions are there in the life of David Rath? I am a rabid New York Giants and New York Rangers fan. Probably okay. the Giants more so. I've been that way since I was as young as I can remember. Uh, yeah. my, one of my first memories is watching the Super Bowl against the Bills with my yeah. grandfather and it is one of the few areas of my life, maybe the only area where I allow myself to be irrational. So um, I am I am completely obsessed. Yep, very good. And do you ever get down any games down there uh, for the for the Giants? Yeah, my father and I have been going pretty much every year since I was seven to at wow. least one game a year. It's a tradition that we've maybe missed. I don't know two or three times in in the last thirty plus years. So it's 
definitely something that I look forward to. We're going this year to see the Patriots uh, after Thanksgiving. So looking forward to that. Very cool. Very cool. And then do you, I guess all the games are on TV up here, right? So you're able to watch the games here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a ritual? Like do you sit down and have a specific spot that you sit in and everything? I'm as Michael Scott would say, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> I, if they're winning, I, I would definitely wear the same outfit that I wore the week before. So again, yeah. I'm, I'm completely rational. Okay. And how's the Jersey game? Do you rock any jerseys? I just got a fresh Daniel Jones retro Jersey. That's the okay. first one that I've gotten in a while because most of the most of the jerseys in my closet are legends of the team and it's been a rough 10 years so there's not been a ton to hang my hat on yeah a friend of mine who's a huge giants fan he says that true giants fans have more defensive player jerseys than offensive player jerseys so now i got to put you to the test would you say it's a it's a close mix that's a good question because you have your quarterbacks like Eli Manning. I have Michael Strahan, Antonio Pierce. Uh, I also have some wide receivers in there. I, I think it's a 50-50 split. Okay. And maybe it depends on your age and, and the, the era that you grew up in. He did say that 20 years ago. So <laughs> things have probably could have changed since then. And back then, the Giants were more of a defensive team with Bill yeah. Parcells and Lawrence Taylor and everything. Yep. And then you mentioned the Rangers as well. So hockey, that's another passion of yours. Yeah, I love it. Um, Rangers are they're they're more of a newer obsession for me. I didn't get into hockey until maybe the early or late late 2000s, like so 2008, 2009. But it's been uh it's been a wild ride ever since. Very cool. Yeah, and they've had some good teams uh here, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were in the Eastern conference final two years ago, had a disappointing end to the season this year, but it's part of being a sports fan is riding the ups and downs. Absolutely. And I know Madison square garden for Rangers games. It's, it's one of the craziest venues in all of sports. Have you been down there for that? Yeah. So the ritual for, for me, for them is my, my college friends and I head down hopefully once a year, Sometimes things get in the way, but we try to meet down there at least once a year for Rangers games. Nice. And then with travel, you mentioned your wife, Monique, is from Brazil. Uh, do you get down to Brazil? Once a year? <laughs> so I have a checklist, basically, of, yeah, I guess of things so. I try to do once a year. Yeah, so we we get down there to see her family, and we were most recently down there in April of this year. Yeah. And which part, just in case folks are interested or maybe they know Brazil? So she's from the state of Sao Paulo. Okay. There's a city on the coast called Santos, which is uh, actually the biggest port city in South America. So there's oh. a ton of shipping that goes on there. She used to work for one of the shipping companies down there. And the state I, I've been to Rio, I've been to the Sao Paulo city, I've been to southern Brazil. I've been on I've been to a, a few different spots. Our goal moving forward is to go to places that she's never been kind of exploring the country that she's from yeah. so we're we're looking forward to seeing some new spots very cool have you been to a soccer game down there yes my first time down there i went to the semifinals of the the state of rio de janeiro the uh the the semifinals of their like their cup okay. and it was the most intense sports atmosphere i've ever experienced in my life i've <laughs> And I've been to sports games my entire life yeah. and it was, it was very intense. So it lives up to the hype. Yeah. I was, I was a little worried to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Well, it sounds awesome, David. And so, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up here, 
Um, I feel like hopefully folks have gotten a chance to know you. Anything else you think people should know about you or some, something that you think they should take away from this episode if they're watching here? I'd say the biggest thing is that I probably fit in really well with everybody else here in the firm because most of us, I'd say all of us are very down to earth, very easy, easy to approach where you can talk about life, markets, finances, whatever it is. And you'll notice from my writing style or my communication style that I'm always talking about things that are relatable, whether it's family or sports or movies or music. I'm trying to take a complex world of finances and break it down into things that are easy to understand for people. Great. And also too, what I'll reiterate is the passion that you have for this. Anybody who's spoken to David about investing, I mean, he brings, I would say almost an unparalleled passion uh, to the fields. And uh, so that's allowed you to thrive and grow. And, you know, so very excited to be working with you and uh, be part of the team here and, and uh, excited for your partnership track, which is very cool. And relatively new, I guess, right in the last few months here. So very exciting stuff and more good things ahead. Absolutely. Very good. With that, David, thank you for kind of uh, peeling back the uh, curtain a little bit and letting us get to know you on a more personal level. We hope that folks uh, appreciated us uh, taking the time to do this. And I will be doing it with other team members as well in the future. But uh, again, if you're watching this, if you have any questions or if you have any comments or anything that you'd like us to cover, please feel free to leave a comment. Uh, you can also reach us on the web at www.contwealth.com. That's C-O-N-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Uh, you can also give us a call 518-583-4050 happy to answer any questions that you might have and if it's about the markets if it's about the giants if it's about brazilian jiu-jitsu david your guy that's for sure i'll talk giants and jiu-jitsu all day <laughs> very good well david thank you so much and everyone thank you for watching take care thanks please note the information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only Nothing discussed constitutes a recommendation. If you would like a review of your personal financial situation, please contact us at contwealth.com or call 518-583-4050.